Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. Edward Schuler, joined as always by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, summer league is over. Bulls uh, had an interesting summer league. I was more shocked that there's summer league championship rings. <laughs> and, and immediately I thought, did Denzel Valentine get a summer league championship ring? That was my immediate thought. I wonder if he like wears it every night to bed. You know, all day flashes it at everyone. Maybe that's been part of his whole ego, you know, his his so. Denzel confidence this entire time because he got a he has a ring, you know, that, that maybe made him what he is. I I would hope so. I I think like there's a, a secret need for a short documentary on that Bulls team that that won that summer league title with the Denzel Valentine game winner. I mean, we were on cloud nine and I think we were feeling really good about Denzel back then, and then uh, things changed. <laughs> no, the summer league ring kind of makes me mad because it's like, what a waste of money! That better not be like real gold and like real like rocks yeah. and shit. Like, what are you guys doing? Come on, this is like the most ridiculous thing ever. I I really hope that so, they come a, a really really long way. Man. <laughs> like we talk about it all the time, but seeing like stuff like that and then seeing the big crowds of like 17 18,000 I think in Vegas and seeing it televised and you know, seeing it being taken somewhat seriously by fans like it really has come a long way in perception and sometimes players play well sometimes players don't and we react to it so you know we, we got to get into some of the Bulls players who didn't play so well and some who did all right some I think who maybe uh a little bit uh surprise people in some ways. I think Julian Phillips uh really did kind of surprise people a little bit with his shooting, but we're gonna get into that. But uh joining us today on the show, we haven't talked to him in a, in a little bit, uh, but he's he's one of the, uh, the most incredible basketball minds that we have on Bulls Twitter. He covers the NBA for sporting news. Steph No. Steph, welcome back, man. Nice to talk to you, bro. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I was actually out in Las Vegas for, I think it was five nights, which was definitely too long, but I didn't get to see a bunch of Summer Bowls. Yeah, with regards to the ring, um, I think that was like a pretty new development. So yeah, Denzel, unfortunately, did not get one. The Bulls got Victory in Vegas t-shirts the year they won. Uh, and uh, it was like Fred Hoiberg's favorite shirt. Every time that he was really feeling himself, he would break out the victory in Vegas t-shirt and uh yeah just 
strut around <laughs> yeah yeah but the rings were it's, nice we they actually uh like showed them to the public uh they were on display oh that's that's wild that's the thing that's just wild like kind of like i said it kind of makes me mad it's like things to waste money on it you make a summer league championship ring. come on <laughs> i feel like a lot of guys are gonna pawn those because uh they don't get Probably. paid they get paid like barely nothing for being out there yeah like i bet you if you're like uh if you're a guy who's gonna be in like europe you'll definitely sell that thing for like some money or something like that yeah for sure i mean if you never make it to the nba i mean that's that's kind of like peak career moment yeah holy title <laughs> kind of that's kinda, true yeah kind of peak peak uh peak basketball uh seven how how was uh how was the vibe out in Vegas? Like, it, I think this is one of the more memorable uh, weeks of summer league that we'll be talking about, especially potentially with Wembenyama uh, making his debut and like Scoot was there and Brandon Miller. Like, we had some really big names, so it had that type of vibe to it. Where this is something that people will be talking about uh, potentially for years to come, like kind of like an I was there moment. So, how was the vibe to you? It was funny, yeah. Wemby was definitely the story of Summer League. Uh, he had a bad first game and a really good second game. I think he scored 27 in his second game. Uh, but yeah, people were lining up at 3.15 in the morning for doors to open at like 12.30 and for him to actually play at 6. So it's uh, open seating at Summer League. You pay like 50 bucks to get in. And uh, yeah, you, you just like can't leave your seat basically if you get a good seat for the the first games. Um, and then, yeah, Wemby only played two games after he left, it totally cleared out. And um, yeah, the arena was way, way emptier, which was nice for me because, you know, I don't really care about seeing Wemby that much. I'm probably going to get to see him in the NBA games. Um, just let me see uh, the bulls, uh, you know, better seating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked your pictures of the uh, Wemby gyms versus the other gyms <laughs> like yeah Wemby gyms were like packed like super packed it's like oh man this is this is insane it's like it's not to make the comparison but it was kind of like the lebron stuff right where everyone wanted to go watch lebron play and yeah that, i can't remember the last time you had this type of hype as far as a prospect is concerned in general for the fanfare as well uh, yeah, so that was pretty it was really sure, interesting yeah. to see had to be like zion that one time, but I don't think Zion ever like finished that summer league because then he, I think he got like hurt in the first. There was an earthquake that year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, Lonzo was, also had a ton of hype. Those were like the three big ones: Lonzo, Zion, and Wemby. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. That's true. Oh, what was that uh, sphere? Is that new, brand new thing? Like, did they do that for all? Like the NBA All Star and started for that, or was that been there and that's just something like I would just made aware of because the NBA uh, summer league was there. Yeah, that sphere is crazy. Like nobody knew about it, and then I think they had just finished construction very shortly prior to summer league. Um, so yeah, I think everybody was just caught off guard. They can change the display of it. So yeah, it was a basketball for summer league. I think they've changed it subsequently to other stuff. Um, but it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, you can see it from pretty much anywhere on the strip. Oh, nice, love it. Um, it like hopefully uh, get a chance to go out there in a like big year for summer league. That would. That would be nice. But yeah, this this definitely seemed like a very like prominent summer league, uh, summer league week. And uh the Bulls were not really a part of it, but we did get to see some of the players that we were looking forward to uh watching this week. So 
let's start with Dalen Terry because we, we've seen a lot of reaction to him this past week on Twitter with a lot of people being disappointed and uh, his shot performance throughout summer league in uh, in his time there. Overall, I, I think it's still kind of the same story with Dalen where we know he does like a lot of things like at a pretty respectable level level or better, like pretty solid defense overall, very good passer, plays with a ton of good energy. Uh, like lo- those are things you can definitely bet on, but his shot making is like perimeter shot is really going to be kind of a swing skill overall to determine how his career ends up going and how useful he can be to the Bulls long-term. So, so w- what did you think about Dalen's shot and how he performed in summer league and does it does it change your mind about what you think about him any like coming into or like going into next season or, or are you still kind of where you about where you were? No, I'm lower than Taylor after watching this. Yeah. So we had no idea what really what kind of player he was after his rookie year just because he barely played. When he did play that rookie year, um, I thought like he made some pretty good energy plays when he was out there, but it was very clear that he had basically no idea what he was doing. Like oftentimes on offense, he would just be standing in the total wrong spot. Like teammates would be pushing him into the right spot. And it was the same thing on defense too. Um, So I think that's why Billy was very reluctant to play him. So, I mean, I was kind of hoping that, you know, with all this practice under his belt through a season and, you know, he played, I think maybe around a dozen G League games as well. And just the summer to work on his game, I was kind of hoping that he would be, uh, more advanced. That wasn't really the case, unfortunately, as far as just like his feel goes. Like he was still out of position a ton. He just does not understand defensive rotations at all uh, in the NBA. You know, you were mentioning his defense. I think his on-ball defense uh, can be pretty good. Like he he can generate a lot of turnovers as well. Like he has really good hands, can get a lot of steals. But I mean, he's just still like a liability. So I don't think that he can play minutes at least in the beginning of the season that was that was pretty disappointing um i know there's a lot of consternation about his shot like looking at his numbers actually he shot 35 percent for summer league which is really good like he could not hit a shot at all in his first four games and then in his last game his fifth game i think he was like four for five or four for four or something from three and it just totally catapulted his percentages which shows like i mean we're it's you you can make a mistake putting too much stock into this stuff because just one good or bad game can totally swing your numbers. Um, so I try to focus more on, you know, process stuff. His form on his jumper, it it's still not good. I mean, he needs to rework that jumper. Luckily, the Bulls did hire the shooting coach uh, in the offseason. Uh, the other thing that was kind of concerning is, like, he just can't create separation at all off the dribble. Now the good thing you guys mentioned is passing. His passing is legitimately like pretty awesome. So like I feel like he can be that kind of second side creator where you know this is like Lonzo and Caruso too. Those guys can't create advantages at all either. But if they get the ball uh with the defense is already scrambled, they're very good at making that next pass. So I think that that is for sure going to be Dalen's strength if he does get minutes. Um and I think that the path forward for him is he just needs a lot more game experience and to me that means he's got to play like 30 games in the G League next year and just like see what happens you know I was talking to Lero and because I was trying to figure out what's wrong with his shot and Lero pointed out and I don't know if you noticed this too because you brought up his mechanics 
like his release is inconsistent off of his fingers. Like sometimes it goes off of his like middle finger, or sometimes like a sidewinder. Um, that was that's probably the biggest concern. And then another big concern for me is his issues finishing at the rim. Like yeah. I don't know if that's just like a like a thing where he just needs to add strength, or if it's just a bad feel, like he doesn't have a good feel around the basket. What were your thoughts on both like the 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 way he releases his shot and the shooting and then there's finishing at the rim. Well, I mean, I'm not like a shooting coach, so I don't really feel super qualified to talk about it. I can just say that, like you said, it's very inconsistent. You know, it looks very different it, and it's not smooth. Like it's very, uh, he, he's got like a hitch in his shot or something, which it just, it just looks weird. And as far as his finishing goes, um, so I think it's a couple things. Like, first of all, I don't think he has like a great bag. Like he doesn't have really a go-to move when he gets to the rim. It's just kind of like improvising and a lot of times just like throwing shots up and hope they, you know, get a good bounce and fall in. So I think that's something he definitely needs to work on. And then, you know, I mentioned before just his lack of separation. So like guys are right on him and it's hard for him to finish in those situations. Those are things that you can improve though. Um, So I, like I said, he just, he needs a lot, a lot of game reps because you know, the Bulls drafted him as a project. He only played one year at Arizona, and I believe he was a sixth man in that role, right? So he didn't yeah. get a ton of minutes. Um, still really, really young. So, yeah, I mean, the guy just needs to play a lot, and he's not going to do it on the Bulls. So let me let me go back to that because I, I was on on our last show, I believe, I was saying that I think, I think they really need to find out what Dalen Terry is by the end of next season. I know that can be conflicting, given that the Bulls are trying to compete and make a playoff, you know, make a playoff push or whatever. But I think really with any draft pick, unless you're like a certified like championship contender or something like that, if you're picking Dalen was what 17th, 18th, like kind of in that mid first range, you want to at least know, kind of have an idea of what you have in that player at least a few seasons into that rookie contract. And since he didn't play last year, kind of hoping that he gets to play some this year. But you you mentioned that you think he probably needs to play like 30 games in the G League before really anything happens. So, like, do you really see a path for Dalen to really get any type of regular burn in the regular season for his team? Or do you think it just it's just too conflicting with what the Bulls want to do? Because, you know, you mentioned that he's – in the wrong spots and, you know, on both sides of the ball. So it just may not mix overall. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he can play. Like, yeah. Maybe like mm-hmm. later in the season when he gets more acclimated. Um, But yeah, the bulls are going to try to come out of the gates quickly. Like we know Artura said the goal was, you know, compete for maybe home court advantage. They're probably not going to get home court advantage, but I think they have a chance to get, the sixth seed in the East. And um, I, I just don't, I can't see any way that he gets regular rotation minutes um, unless, you know, they make a bunch of trades or something. Yeah. Um, we'll see what Pete Batten does. Obviously, like you said, with his shot, but regular season starts October. So three months, maybe there's something mechanically he can do to uh, help Dale in there. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the other uh Young guys like Sonaga and then uh, Sonoga and then also uh, Julian Phillips. Like, what stuck out to you with those two? So Sonogo was one of the best players in summer league. If you look at his advanced statistics, which I'm a psychopath, so I actually did. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but he had a really high block and steal rate, which, you know, those are kind of the stats that you look at to see if athleticism will translate. Um, he's not, you know, when you look at him, he's not the most athletic guy. He's not going to be a guy that's like uh, finishing crazy lobs or anything like that. But I think that he's really smart with his positioning and just being able to get a ton of deflections, which, you know, we've seen so many Bulls players that are able to do that and it's super valuable. Uh, he doesn't take bad shots. So he shot like 66% from the field. Uh, he's another guy where, you know, the Bulls were drafting him with the hope that maybe he could stretch out to three. He was, he didn't take a lot of threes in college, but he shot an okay percentage. And again, like looking at his form, it's really weird. Like he has a very, very <laughs> low release point. Um, it actually looks very similar to my shot <laughs> and my shot, my shot form is terrible. So, you know, I can't really speak um, on, I, I feel kind of hypocritical hating on it, but it's not, <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, if you, if you watch it, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, but you know, I mean, maybe he can hit the wide open ones. That's probably going to be his, um, his path forward there. And uh, defensively, he was he played mostly drop coverage. He was he was really good in that though. Like he's pretty good just feel of playing these two v ones, which you have to do as a drop center. Um, you know he's undersized. I think he's like six foot eight, but I think that he could actually like step in and probably play as like the third or fourth big on the team, which is great for you know this guy's an undrafted free agent. Yeah. I, I like Sonova. I think we were talking about him on the last show, and like we were still very surprised that he went undrafted overall because, I mean, you watch him play in the tournament, and it seemed like a guy that was at least going to go somewhere in the second round. Like, he seems like he has a pretty decent floor to at least be, like like you were saying, kind of like a reserve big or, or like a backup big overall, and the Bulls do have a need for that uh, going forward with someone like Younger. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like the I like that they were able to get him and he definitely looked very solid in summer league. Uh what what did you think about Julian Phillips? So I, I saw I, I saw that a lot of people were very surprised that he was like making a few shots in some of his games. And like I, I we were talking on, on some of these past shows about how even though the numbers in college were not great, and he's obviously not someone that you would consider a shooter. His form isn't really bad at all. Like, I think his form is better than Dalen, but um, I think it's, like, closer to, like, where, like, Patrick Williams coming into the league. Like, it's somewhere where it's very workable, and you can see him being able to, like, at least correct it. Like, I think a lot of his issues were kind of in, like, the base and the lower body, but the and he'll have, like, a few kinks every now and then with his, like, up top mechanics. But overall, like, I think his form looks pretty solid, and you look at the athleticism, it's there. The defensive ability is there. He covers ground really quickly, and yet he can have a clear impact on defense. So I liked what I saw from him overall in summer league. What did, what did you think of Phillips? So his first game, he was terrible. And he uh, he also didn't play right away because he had some contract issues. Yeah. First game was terrible. Uh, after that, he was a lot better um, as far as – his shot goes, um, I watched a really great video by Adam Spinella. Uh, if you get a chance to watch it, it's not too long. does all these draft prospects. But for Phillips, what Adam said about him was he was a really good three-point shooter in high school. And then his college coach changed his form to make it 
way, way worse. He did not shoot the ball well. Uh, I believe he went to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the form change that he made was like, if you look at his base, it's still like this. He spreads his feet really, really far apart. Uh, he didn't do that in high school. And he was still doing that in summer league with the Bulls, but he did shoot 44% on, you know, very small volume. I agree with you. Like, as far as his upper, upper body, like, it looks pretty fluid, pretty good, um, which is, of course, like, very reassuring. He didn't shoot free throws very well at all. He only had 56% of his free throws. So, you know, I mean, it's like way, way too small of a sample to really know if this guy's going to shoot, but that's definitely going to be his swing skill. So, as far as like, Seeing him in person, he has really good size, you know, like he's big, long arms. Um, I don't think he was like necessarily using that size to be this physically imposing guy, although he was a pretty good offensive rebounder. So that's that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think that, you know, looks like a decent pick so far. Well, I think the shot probably right now is more suited as, as like a catch and shoot, right? Because because we, as we talk about the base being too wide, you'd have to rework that to be able to do anything else as far as off the dribble or off the bounce or right. anything like that. But that's just as simple as a catch and shoot guy. At least he looks like a guy that's a three and D prospect, right? Yeah, I mean, uh that's a really good point, Salim, actually. That uh, you know, he's not gonna be able to shoot off movement if he needs to set his base. Like, I mean, it takes him a while, too, to set his base. And it, like I said, it's, like, really wide. So it can't really go into, like, a one-two step off that shot. Um, but the Bulls probably don't need that. Like, they just need him to sit in the corner, be able to hit corner threes. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. I can't really no. um, make make any sort of statement on if he's going to be able to do it or not. But, yeah, you know, right. Summer League was a decent sign. Yeah, like you mentioned, like his college coach, like changing his format. It's just so weird that how that <laughs> it's just so how weird, like how to end up with like this legs just going everywhere. Like it really does look like it's just, yeah, just spreading wide open. And I, I just don't get it. So it, I mean, ho- hopefully the Bulls are able to correct that with the addition of their shooting coach. Uh, so l- l- let's move to uh, Javon Freeman Liberty, who has. I think there's a lot of talk now about how the Bulls are going to proceed forward with him because he was a, a very big standout for them. And I think summer league overall, and we, we saw him last year and uh, we definitely got to give a shout out to Lara because he, he's talked about him before being very high on him and he definitely took a jump compared to last year. So he's looked good. And I, I think we're wondering, okay, is he, going to be on like a like what type of contract can he be on would he like are they going to try and retain him are they going to try and like potentially like what are they what are they with him so what do you think about freeman liberty like do you see promise there do you see him as like a as like a legitimate nba talent are we getting too hype on summer league with him what's your opinion on him yeah i mean he played awesome in summer league so let me see. I have his stats here. He averaged 21 points per game. Also four and a half assists per game and four and a half rebounds per game. He, you know, it's it's really hard for me to say how he's going to translate to the NBA level for a couple different reasons. First of all, he's 23 yeah. and he's playing in summer league against guys who are like mostly 19, 20, 21. So if you think about that, just like in the college ranks, like these upperclassmen are always dominating these young guys and like he's whatever, three, two, three years older than a 
college senior. So that makes the projection hard. The other thing that makes the projection difficult is his role on the summer league team. Like he had the ball in his hands a lot and I thought he was great at, you know, I talked about these other guys who cannot create separation. He was great at getting to the rim, making an advantage and then kicking it out to open guys, which is like, uh, I mean, that's like one of the most valuable skills to have, but that's probably not going to be his role. Uh, if he plays on the bulls, just because the bulls have guys who are better than him at that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe you can argue that you can never have too many of those guys, which, you know, that's probably probably some validity to that. Um, but I think his role is probably going to be more as, you know, a guy who spreads the floor. He shot 46% from three in summer league, which is awesome. The Bulls, we know, desperately need more shooting. So if you can do that at the NBA level, great. And then the other thing about him is uh, I thought he played defense pretty well. Like I was listening to Ricky O'Donnell talk about him. Ricky, as we all know, is like a a guru in uh, Chicago yeah. high schools, high school hoops and college hoops. So JFL went to, I think, was it like Whitney Young or something? He went somewhere in Chicago for high school and he went to, I think to Paul for college. And what Ricky was saying is that like this guy was on the floor for his defense. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's totally the type of player that the bulls need. And these are the kind of guys that like the heat have found, and turned into really good rotation players. It's guys where you know they're going to try hard on defense. You know they have like at least decent tools on defense, and you think that they can maybe become high volume shooters. I think he checks all three of those boxes. So like, I think the Bulls should definitely take a page out of the Heat's book. The Heat have been probably the best team at just like cycling guys and finding these player development success stories. Um, they have the Bulls have three two way slots this year. It's like a change in the new CBA. So yeah, I would definitely put him on a two way. Or you know, if you can't find room for him on a two way, then you, maybe you could slide him into that 14th spot on the roster. Yeah, I like uh, like I like his potential. Obviously, you talk about the on ball stuff. It's hard to see that transit just because he's you said he's not going to have the ball in his hands. But I do like the off ball shooting potential and. Like maybe even as a connective passer, because he looks like a good decision maker out there, like a quick decision maker out sure. there as well. Um, so I think those two can translate. And it kind of makes you think of like a, a Max Juice type, like you mentioned, but the Heat, obviously the Bulls had Max Juice, um, and obviously towards ACL and they let him go. But that's the type of player I think of like, yeah, he's a little bit older, but there's skills there and you this is a player that I, I like you have to keep and and see what he becomes because you'll probably end up kicking yourself at, not to say he's going to become anything big but having these type of rotation players is is major especially on cheap contracts when you're trying to work around the margins yeah you know actually he reminds me a little bit of io if io had a better shot and like when you look mm -hmm. at io's game if io was able to hit threes at a better rate i mean he would be a really good player he cost himself a lot of money during the summer just by regressing on his shot. Like we were talking about, are the Bulls going to lose him because some other team is going to give him way too big of an offer. And now, you know, like nobody really wants IO, uh, unfortunately, late in this free agency period. So yeah, I mean, if you can get that type of player on a minimum in JFL, that would be like a huge, huge win for the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, kind of does sound like a Miami Heat player. <laughs> like the name just sounds yeah. like somebody's going to like put up 20 in a random Miami Heat game. So I'm 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 all for like using the two way spot on him. That that would be that would be Lewis, uh Sonogo and uh and uh Freeman Liberty. So yeah, we'd have all three of them uh gone. So I mean I think that would be a good look overall. 
you mentioned you mentioned the IO and that kind of brings us to another topic in that like you said we were all expecting that IO would probably have like an offer sheet by now and probably would be would be gone and there's really doesn't really seem to be any movement on him in free agency right now there is a rumor out there i think from um Dan Bernstein of 670 the score who was saying that uh reportedly uh, sources close to Io are not expecting him to come back to the Bulls or expecting him to be elsewhere. And that's becoming increasingly likely that that's going to be the scenario. And I guess you could see how that would be given the lack of movement and the fact that the Bulls do have a lot of guards now that they have in rotation. So um, I don't know. It, it, it would suck to lose Io though, because I, I still think there's something there, but like you said, he, he regressed last year, but I, I still think there is something there. So like, what do you think about Io like going forward? Like, do you see him leaving the Bulls, and do you see him? Do you think his game can like bounce back to kind of what it was in his rookie season? I love Io. Um, you know, I think that the things he does well are really hard to teach. Like, you just have to kind of have these skills, like this toughness on defense, this get after it attitude. Um, he actually is pretty good at getting downhill, getting to the rim, which, you know, I was talking about earlier, that's such a valuable skill, but, um, I think he's a terrible fit for this bulls team to tell you the truth. Like, I think that he could really be better in other spots and he wasn't able to get on the floor a ton. I think like his minutes got cut more this year because of two things. Like, first of all, you guys talked about the, you know, we, we had a lot of guards and the bulls have added even more. And the second reason is that what the Bulls need is they need guys who can shoot the three because, man, during these playing games, during the playoff series with the Bucks, every team has a playbook for the Bulls. What they're going to do, they're going to put all five guys in the paint. They're just going to sit on DeMar and Zach. They're going to make it impossible for them to get to the rim. And they're going to leave everybody else on the Bulls wide open from three. And what has happened in all of these key games is the role players have refused to shoot. Like they've had so many open looks created for them and they just won't pull the trigger. They'll just hold the ball and wait for somebody to close out and then drive right into the closeout. So, I mean, that's what Io did a lot, a lot is like he was, I mean, he was kind of afraid to shoot. Like he would, he would just hold the ball and then go straight into closeouts and, you know, very messy situations. And, you know, that actually can be effective in the right situations. Um, I think, like, the Raptors are reported to have some interest in him. I think he'd be really good on the Raptors. Um, that's another team where, actually, like, they don't have a ton of shooting, but they also don't have great guard play, so he could get some minutes there. Yeah, but uh, I hope kind of for both parts. Like, I wouldn't mind Io back on the Bulls because, like I said, I like him and I think he's a good player. But I think that it would actually benefit both parties if, like, he just found. I felt the same way about Lowry too. Lowry Markkinen is like, I, yeah. I was like, uh, mm-hmm. I was one of the last people defending him, but I just felt after his season with Billy Donovan that it just wasn't going to happen in Chicago, just the way they were using him, and he still had talent. And like for both parties' sake, like they just had to get him a fresh start. And you look at how good he's been. I don't think I was going to be like an all star like Lowry or anything, but I do think that. Just having, especially like when you're not a top 30 player in the league, so much of your success is dependent on just finding the right role. Um, so I think that's that's what Io needs to do. 
Yeah, it was kind of frustrating to see because obviously he started out the season actually shooting the ball well, and we thought he had turned the corner and really developed that shot. But as as the season went off, it just progressively got worse. And I think, like you pointed out, he just kind of started passing up shots. His confidence kind of just went away. Um, I also saw that apparently maybe on the Bulls end, there's a lack of urgency because if he, I guess if he takes his qualifying offer, he can go and become a, a restricted free agent again next off season. Yeah. That sucks for him. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't yeah. know about that rule. So, yeah. Like Keith Smith bought that. I'm like, what the heck? I was like, yeah. that's, that's a hell of, that's such a crappy rule for the players, but it's like, man, no wonder the bulls are just kind of like, you know, we're not, we don't have any urgency to, to extend you to a deal right now. I mean, yeah. If you take the five million qualifying offer and next off season we can figure something else out. But yeah, so that, just his his whole situation is crazy. What, so what if he does take the qualifying offer? I mean, I, I don't I don't yeah. know how realistic that is, but what happens if Iowa's back? Yeah, in the so he he's back. He goes back into well on the roster. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Like if if Iowa signs his qualifying offer, then you bring him back with uh, like Carter, Zach, uh, Caruso. Oh yeah, that. That's yeah. tough because then it becomes a situation where you're basically he's basically buying and get the minutes again. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just injury insurance at that point. I think his QO is like around five million bucks. Yeah. That'd also be that'd be tough for the Bulls because they don't have a ton of room left under the tax. Yeah. Um, and I think that at this, I'm pretty sure at this point they can't pull the qualifying offer. Like both parties have to agree. Uh-huh. So they, yeah, they yeah, could, think, but Iowa would have to agree too. So I think Iowa wants that in his back pocket. So he has at least a guaranteed five million payday. He doesn't have to play on a minimum next year somewhere. Um, yeah, but not not a great situation. Hopefully the Bulls can get some value for him, maybe sign and trade him, help him out, get him to yeah. a better situation, get the Bulls something back for their trouble. Yeah. It's it's hard to see him getting a multi year deal okay. right now, like given like there just doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of movement in general in free agency. I think part of that may be um, like any dominoes with like Damian Lillard or James Harden, whatever's tied to that could be um, holding it up, but it just doesn't really seem like he's going to get a, a multi-year offer that would make him like leave that. So, I mean, the, the qualifying offer, I, I was surprised by the rumor because I would assume that the qualifying offer would actually be what he's just going to end up doing and just giving it another shot next year. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's not that much cap space left. I think the Spurs have maybe around like five million. So at that point, he would probably just take the QO from the Bulls unless they sign him to a longer term deal, and then you know they take they have to take back a player then probably. Yeah. Um, a couple teams still have their twelve point four million mid level exception, like the Hawks, um, the Hornets, some other teams. Yeah, but there's just not a lot of space left. I mean, like all the guys have gotten signed already. The only guys left are. That are rotation quality are Christian Wood, Andy Washington, Kelly Oubre. I I think that's like basically it. Biombo, Bismack yeah. Biombo, but he's like a deep bench guy. I mean, there's not there's not a ton of players still out there. Yeah, I was hoping. I don't know if it's even possible under the CBA, and I don't know if it'll be even fair value. But like a, a, a two way sign and trade with the Bulls getting PJ Washington and I are going to the Hornets. I don't even know if that's possible. Because obviously, yeah, especially um, with the Bulls being hard capped, and I would, they would have to stay under that one seventy two million. And I don't know if it, they would go over the luxury tax. I can't remember. I think they're like what ten million under the tax right now. 
without the IOs qualifying? I can't remember. Uh, I'm, so, I think I it's a little know. bit more than that, but um, yeah, they couldn't. That wouldn't work on a cap rules just because unless PJ took like a huge, huge haircut on what he's oh, okay. trying okay. to get. Yeah. Just, there's this thing called <laughs> base no, compensation. Yeah. yeah, it's boring, but yeah, the, basically the cap. No, for sure. Never happening. For sure. Yeah, that like I was thinking that, but I was like, you know, that's probably not possible because of how the cap rules work out. So yeah, yeah, it, it, the IO stuff is tough. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be it's probably gonna get dragged out all. For the most of the off season, it seems like. Yeah, I mean the Bulls have done that before, right? With like Miritich and right. Lowry, these yeah, restricted right. guys. They just they were like one of the last guys signed. Both of those guys in their free agency summers. Yeah, and I mean I think like the closer we get to, like, like August, or like late August, just I, I think it just becomes more and more likely that okay maybe the QO is something that we really have to do with him and. I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best Ryo because I mean he's really likable. I think he has a really solid skill set overall. I think he's a pretty smart player, and we've seen like flashes of him being a really valuable player for his team. It's just unfortunate that he regressed last year. So uh, hopefully, if he does come back, they are able to figure something out. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's an awesome point of attack defender too. Like uh, nah. maybe people don't remember he shut down Trey Young a couple times. Yes, yeah. tough to do. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he had really good chemistry with um like Vooch just in like a lot of passing situations. Just like they had a really good connection going on. So like he he does a little bit of everything. Like probably not like some sort of like star player, but like a really solid glue guy. I think potentially at his best. So I don't know. Hopefully- at times he was the most mature guy on the Bulls court. Like he was trying to he was calming down like Demar and Vooch from like yeah. King Toss from game. So you know it's. You know, it it would suck to lose him, but at the same time, like you said, stuff and you know the fit here sucks for him, and it sucks for the Bulls too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hope the best for him because seems like a good guy. Like rooting for him, but uh, yeah, I just don't know if he can find success here. Getting tough with all these guards here. Let let's let's kind of like shift into that then. So I mean, the Bulls, we 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 can we can make whatever it is about like the direction that the team is going, whether we agree with it or not. But I think considering that they have decided to go into this direction, that the moves that they have made overall have been pretty solid. And I think have been pretty logical overall with Javon Carter and Tory Craig. So both of them definitely fill a need. Carter should be the starter plays really good defense, pretty solid spot up shooter overall. Um, good motor, just a really tough as nails players. And it is going to give you a lot of definitely going to give you what Patrick Beverly gave, gave, uh, gave you and should kind of fit that same archetype as well. And then Tory Craig, who's just a really solid defender, can hit the three. Uh, he's played really well against DeMar DeRozan, too, defensively. So um, having him to either come off the bench or start at that four gives you a lot more options. So I, I like the moves that the Bulls have made overall. And it seems like a lot of people are behind them. What have you thought about? the Bulls moves this offseason and stuff like or like with Carter and Craig. I mean, they moved into the uh, second round to uh, draft Julian Phillips. Overall, it seems like they've done a pretty solid job, even though it's obviously not a team that, you know, is going to be contending. And I think people are still going to be, you know, perturbed or whatever that they're in the middle. But what do you think about that? The offseason. So I've been higher on the Bulls. Uh, core like I thought they were gonna suck last year. I thought they were gonna. I actually nailed their win total when they won. Was it forty six or forty seven or whatever? And then I, uh, yeah, I made some good money on the unders last season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but 
the reason why I was low on the Bulls last year is because it was so obvious that they were going to suck without Lonzo. I mean, we had like many, many months and a playoff series to see that they were great. I mean, they were like a first place team with Lonzo. They were awful without him. And then that off season, like the logical conclusion there is, okay, we're not going to have Lonzo. So let's get some players who can do some of the same things that he does. So we're not just going to be totally screwed when he's out. And instead they signed Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond, which is like totally the anti-Lonzo. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, this offseason, I think they did take that approach where they're like, okay, we're going to miss Lonzo again. Like, what are some of these pieces? We're not going to be able to replicate what Lonzo can do, even if we have whatever, two salary slots to do it. But can we at least get 70% of what Lonzo did? And I think they did a pretty good job of that. Um, so, like, what does Lonzo do? He gets a ton of deflections. He was just the anchor of that defense alongside Caruso. Super tough defender. Tory Craig and Javon Carter are both really good point of attack defenders. Um, so, you know, they have that going for them. And then the other thing Lonzo does is he shot a ton of threes. They could not replace any of his three-point production. So Carter is a big volume three-point shooter. Also great transition three-point shooter, which is something that the Bulls have been missing. I think Kobe's like the only guy that really does that. Um, and then Tory Craig is like a little bit uh, more hesitant on his shot. Like he's not going to shoot him unless he's pretty open, but he still gets him up at like an okay rate. I think he would have been, I think it's like almost the exact same actually as Vucevic, just to give you like a frame of reference. So yeah, like they're getting some of that three-point production back. They're getting some of that defense back. So, you know, can they get back to that level that they were at? You know, uh, I don't even know what pace they were on. They're probably on pace for like low 50s and wins with Lonzo. Um, no, like I don't think they can get that high, but you know, 70% of Lonzo, I think they can get like mid forties. I think it's like pretty reasonable if they have good health. Well, I like, so I like the other thing where, you know, if you don't have a, a, a lead initiator on offense, I always think it's good to have more guys that are, are, are quick decision makers in a half court and can be good connective pastors. And I think a guy like Tory Craig, like he is very quick in his decision making, like, you know, he catches, he's a shoot, move the ball quick or, you know, pass or whatever you have it. Yeah. Um, and then also J- uh, Javon Carter, he's, he doesn't hesitate, you know, to make the quick decisions. And I think when we saw last season in the second half, when we just had Patrick Beverly, who again, isn't like a, isn't any type of real point guard, but just a guy that just has quick decision-making made such a big difference on the offensive end. So I think that's, that's going to be a, a big boost in my opinion. Like what are your thoughts in that regards? Yeah, I see a lot of Bulls fans saying that the Bulls need a traditional point guard. And yeah. to your point, Salim, like when Lonzo was out there, I mean, I don't I don't know if people just don't remember this or not, but like they did let him run some pick and roll and try to let Lonzo create and stuff. He was terrible <laughs> at that stuff. Like he would no. always turn it over. And they were a really good team, like I said, uh, without needing him in that role. I don't think that Javon Carter is capable of creating offense and pick and roll. Like he can't really get to the rim at all. Torrey Craig is a pretty bad decision maker on the move. But again, like the bull that they don't need to win games that way. They don't need like a Ricky Rubio or a Chris Paul because DeMar is one of the best players in the league at drawing two and like hitting tough shots. If you don't bring two, 
And that's all you need to create a good offense is you need somebody who can generate an advantage and somebody who can get the ball to the guy that's open on that advantage. Uh, and the Bulls have that. So, I, I, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Like, those those additions were exactly what they needed. Yeah, I I think with Lonzo, like, it's – to me, the, it was like the defensive impact was obviously, like, the most critical. And then just really the flexibility off the ball, like that improved three-point shot that he had really opened up so much things, and he really complimented our top two players so much. So being able to get that in Javon Carter, who – like you said, I think there is kind of like a formula here now. And based on what we saw with Patrick Beverly, I think the team at their peak, like I think they could be like a, like you said, mid forties. Yeah. Like I could see like a 44 and like 38 season or like a 45 win season at their best. Um, I, I still think like the other thing that was working against us is that we really had unusually really good health last year. So I'm a little bit worried about that with like our best players with like Zach and Damar and Vooch and like yeah. every like even Pat played like uh Pat played a lot of games, like Pat played all easy when Kobe uh didn't really miss as much. So just really kind of wondering about that. But um it these additions are, are really solid. Like I like you said, they they make more sense than what we got last season, and they're much more satisfying. And I, I can't really complain about it. What did you think about um getting to the players who are returning to the team? What did you think about the deals for Kobe White and Vooch? I think we were uh, I think the Kobe deal was about in line with what people expected. That's what like a three three thirty-three, or is it like and I think it's like forty million potentially with incentives, I think, if I'm getting that right. Um, so, that, I mean, that was about in line with what everyone expected. And then Vooch, I think, uh, 360, originally not like a number that everyone was really, like, excited about. But once you saw some of these other deals coming in, it was like, oh, okay, like, that's not really, like, a terrible contract. So what did you think about the deals that brought, like, Vooch and Kobe back? Yeah, so I wrote about the Vooch deal before it happened, about how the Bulls were kind of stuck because – the free agent centers were really bad. Um, like one, the one guy maybe they could have gotten to replace Vooch was Nas Reed. And he actually ended up, I'm pretty sure he ended up getting more than the mid level exception. I think he got like 14 or something. And mid level is, yeah, the mid level is 12.4. So they couldn't have gotten Nas Reed. Everybody else was like Mason Plumlee. Like these guys that just suck. <laughs> like the Bulls would be screwed. <laughs> Um, so like you could make the argument that, you know, they should just get rid of Uch anyway and just sign like a really bad center. And then they would have had, um, you know, a little bit more wiggle room to maybe use another 6 million of the mid-level, get another rotation player. Uh, I think that's probably going to be like a worse team. Like, so you have to take a step back and consider what the Bulls goals are, right? Like, is there a goal to win as many games with this? Well, just to win as many games, period as possible next season or is it you know to like build up for a couple years and i think their goal is to win as many games so that's why they did the vooch contract and it wasn't bad value you know like Pirtle also got 20 million a year Pirtle's a better player um but you know they're both i would say like in that 12 to 18 center range yeah number 18 um so yeah that was fine and then kobe's deal I've never really been a huge Kobe fan. Like I'm just more attracted to players who have really high feel. I think like, that's why I like guys like Sonogo, you know, um, and Kobe, you know, he's, he's a great shooter. He's definitely improved. He works hard, 
good guy. Um, you know, I love the stuff he does off the court. You know, he's like wearing these stop Asian hate t-shirts and stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, he just makes like, he still makes like a lot of weird turnovers. Like he's not great positioning defensively, even though, like I said, he has gotten better on that end. But yeah, he does have value. Like I think that the comparison I made to him is Malik Monk, who also had really, really low feel coming off his rookie deal with the Hornets. Nobody wanted him. So he had to sign, I think he signed a minimum deal with the Lakers. He improved a ton and then he got, I think like 11 million a year from the Kings and he was one of the Kings best players last season. So that's, you know, you could, you could kind of envision Kobe following that same path. Um, yeah. And based on his work ethic and the jumps that he has had in his development, I mean, I think it's reasonable to think that he keeps on improving. I feel pretty good stuff. Uh, I made that Malik Monk comp too. So I was like, I, oh, I cool. can see that yeah. kind of working out. I was like, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good now that you made that comp. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I was uh, onto something there, actually. I wasn't just, you know, being uh, pulling that out of my ass completely. I was, uh, I was like, yeah, the vision was there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to remember that, like, these guys that get drafted, one and dones, or I don't know how long Malik Monk, I think maybe he played like two years, but like, it takes a while to learn this stuff, you yeah. know, like NBA rotations are really hard and you have to i mean if you're a half second late to react to this stuff you're gonna get posterized you're just like not gonna succeed so it has to be instinctual and uh you have to get a lot of reps and for kobe that started happening whatever his fourth year it took him four years so yeah like you know that's why i mentioned with guys like dalen why you know i think he's not ready to play but he's only had a year you know maybe it takes him four years and sometimes you yeah. just kind of need a kick in the ass. Like you, you mentioned Lowry like earlier, like Lowry just fell out of favor in Chicago, got traded to Cleveland, looked a little better, but then got traded again. So then sometimes you just get like a kick in the ass, get like a little bit more motivation. And then suddenly things start to click. Like it, it, it just kind of happens differently for players. So with Kobe, yeah. it definitely seems like he has, you know, you, you mentioned the mistakes, but it definitely seems like he has the game has slowed down for him like significantly. Look, like he doesn't, he, his game doesn't feel as frantic to me. It seems like he is. It seems like he's he is getting a little bit better, like creating on the ball. But like obviously, like his bread and butter is still kind of like like the the catch and shoot game. And I think defensively, he's playing better team defense. But like overall, like he seems he seems much more competent competent than before. And there is a path there, like. You mentioned Malik Monk. There is a path there to to be that and have that sort of value to be like that really strong six man. And given the Bulls' need for shooting, like that would be that would be a tremendous outcome, especially on an eleven million a year contract. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as far as his defense goes, like I think he was maybe one of the worst at his position early in his career. And I mean, it's the same thing with Zach, right? Zach was like one of the worst at his position. And all you need to do is get these guys to where they're not a liability. Like, I think right now, Zach would probably be somewhere in like the, let's call it like the 35th to 45th percentile in defense. So he's still like below average, but that's fine. Like, you can totally live with that. Uh, and Kobe's probably like a little bit lower than that. And, you know, he's still rising, which is like, yeah, I mean, Malik Monk too. Like, he's not, he's not a good defender, but he was, I mean, he was really bad. And now he's just like, you know, not, Again, just like a little bit below average, and yeah, not a liability. Win. Yeah, yeah. Like, as long as you're not a liability, like we can we can work with it, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 
So speaking on speed of the game, I, I want to ask you about Patrick Williams because that I just thought about this, and this is something I've been thinking about. Like I know people always talk about like Pat with his confidence in his shooting, and that's why he passes up shots. I've been thinking it's more like a processing thing. Like with him, he's so getting caught up to the speed of the game, and obviously defensively he's made big strides with that. But offensively, I think that's still what holds him back on the offensive end is the speed of the game. And it's not more so him being not confident taking a shot. It's just he overthinks it. And the processing is not caught up yet. And I think that's probably the next level for him to in development, the processing catching up. What are your thoughts on that? I just said something I've been thinking about. I totally agree with you. That's a great observation. Yeah, I think he decides what he's going to do a lot of the time, like before he catches the ball. And he does have like a decent bag, like uh, actually – Chris Samonson, friend of the podcast, he mm-hmm. retweeted some video I had um, a couple days ago of Pat just like scoring a bunch of times on really good ISO moves on Jason Tatum. I've forgotten mm-hmm. that that happened, but like when he decides, you know, I'm just going to create my own shot, he's pretty good at it. Now, that's not what you want to do, <laughs> like right? You want to you want to take what the defense is giving you and react to what they're doing. But just the fact that he can do that, I think, is a pretty good sign. And again, super young player. I think we have to be patient with him. Um, yeah, once that, if that processing speed ever does just become totally natural, I mean, that's when he can become a really good player. Yeah, I, I, I liked what I saw from Pat overall. Like, I think we went into the all season hoping that, or like coming into this past season, I think we went into it saying, okay, we hope that Pat is looking for a shot a little bit more that he's he is making strides to becoming more instinctual offensively and that he's just more involved in offense. And I feel like we got that overall. And like, he shot the ball really well. Like his jump shot now, I think looks really good. And he hit like, what is it? 44%, I think on um like catch and shoot threes last year. Like, wasn't he, I think that like ranked pretty high. So like right now we have a really good floor with Pat when you consider the three point shot and the defense overall and that versatility and there's still a lot to unlock with that game off the dribble. So, like, we're, we're getting somewhere. Like, I, I think these Project Pat segments are starting to take next level. And next season, like, even though he's still not going to be, like, getting a ton of value with, like, our, you know, big three still here, I still hope that he can still make another, like, noticeable jump in what he can do. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I really want to see from Pat is, you know, I talked about these the Bucks playoff series and the play-in games where DeMar and Zach were kicking out to guys and they just, like, wouldn't shoot open threes. Pat still does that mm-hmm. a lot, which is a, a big problem, especially on the right. Bulls. It's, like, exacerbated on the Bulls. So he really has to stop doing that. Like, if he's open, he's got to let it fly. He's a great shooter, like you guys said. Does not get the volume up that he should be getting because he's getting so many open looks. Um, yeah, and hopefully, you know, he can just work on that. That would make a huge difference in this game. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm firmly still on the Patrick William Island on the Patrick William Island. I have a <laughs> I have a nice condo there. Uh staying there permanently. I think I think I like him. I think he's gonna I think he'll figure it out. You're 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 checking IDs to get into the island, like you're <laughs> <laughs> something no, like that. Something yeah. like that. I'm, I'm still I'm still I'm still in on so it's it's been kind of a rough route to get get here, but I, I think Pat like I said, he, he's shown a lot of good signs last season. And like, hey, uh, I'll, I'll take what we got from him. And hopefully they can get a contract extension uh, done for him uh, 
really soon. Let's listen with this stuff. Uh, we were talking about uh, Zach Levine rumors like a few shows ago, and obviously the you know we were kind of making a little bit fun with the uh, the dropping dimes uh, Twitter handle that was. Is that you guys? Is that one of you guys? <laughs> I wish it was. I was I was secretly at summer league stuff. I I was catching all the rumors. <laughs> oh man, you should have uh, stopped by and said hello. You found like Woj's like burner phone with like all the. <laughs> all I heard that guy dropping dimes actually was at summer league. Like uh, one of my friends knows who he is, but I don't know okay. like who the actual identity is. My, my my suspicion is he's an executive and he's just kind of on a or related to an executive or something. Yeah, because it was somebody like an executive's like son or like nephew or something yeah. crazy like that. I don't know, but it it's pretty fun. I mean, he was breaking legitimate stories and was right a lot, which is kind of scary. But uh, yeah, it, it was really fun. So we we were talking about like how his last tweet. I don't know if he's tweeted since, but his last tweet was just simply Zach Levine and. It sent Bulls Twitter <laughs> frenzy. Uh, yeah. Obviously, nothing has happened since then, but I do believe that Zach Levine like commented a little bit on uh, the trade rumors. Um, I, I forget the article, but um, like he, he talked about how you know he's enjoyed being in Chicago, and, you know, puts on for the city, and you know he doesn't see himself getting traded, but you know he's gonna you know kind of generic stuff like you know I'm gonna do what I do, you know, as long as I'm here. Do you think that? there is a realistic scenario this time coming into this season where if the bulls start and they are just not playing well, they're just kind of like a mid team or worse, like mediocre that suddenly Zach Levine, that they are going to look to move Zach Levine. We saw some rumors like kind of earlier in the like draft process where people were speculating that Portland would be interested. Obviously, I I don't think that was going to happen, but like, a, a lot of different teams potentially being in on Zach Levine and the Bulls wanted a really high, had a real high asking price that no one really uh, wanted to meet. So what do you think about his potential future in Chicago? Like, do you, do you think that this potential, like this season could really be it if the Bulls don't really get off to the greatest start and they really do decide, okay, we might have to kind of hit this reset button a little bit. I'd be really, really pissed if the Bulls traded Zach Levine if they started the season out poorly. I would not care if they traded him if they got a good package back, but to base it on like how they're doing, I think that's a formula for getting really bad value back for him is when you're allowing um, this internal leverage to let you accept not the best package. So I think what the Bulls should do is... Wait until the trade deadline. You know, there's a ton of parity, as we know. So teams, more and more teams feel like they can actually do something, especially in the East. Um, so I do think there's going to be a team that, you know, talks themselves into just giving up a huge package for a star player. And maybe Zach Levine is the best player that's available because, I mean, he's a really, really good player. Um, I think what the Bulls did with Jimmy Butler was just a... <laughs> such a huge mistake trading him to trade him. They knew that whatever, they didn't want to build around him. So and they announced it to everybody, which is like idiotic. Uh, and they did not get a good package. So like, that's not how you create leverage in these negotiations. Um, you have to hold out, you know, like Daryl Morey has been so good at this, like getting max value for his players. He took Ben Simmons who couldn't even play. And like the last time we did see him play, he was just like passing up a dunk. They got James Harden out of him. 
And the way he did that was he set the bar really high. He used uh, what's called like uh, anchoring bias, where he set what he wanted like ridiculously high to change the point of view of people he was negotiating against. And then he would not accept, you know, like any deal that wasn't amazing. And he ended up getting that amazing deal. So I think that's what the Bulls should do. Um, because, you know, Zach Levine, I love him, but he is, okay, so I would say he's probably like a top 25 to 35 player, somewhere in that range. And those guys are, you can't find those guys, you know? Like, they're not, Jimmy was a top 10 player. You can't find top 10 players. I mean, it's just, like, impossible. Uh, I think, like, a really good example is what the Spurs did with DeJounte Murray, where, you know, they got a crazy offer. (laughs) So if the Bulls get that DeJounte offer, like, yeah, do it. And, like... You know, the next couple of drafts aren't that good, but 2026 is like awesome. And look at where the Spurs are now. You know, like if they had not done that DeJounte deal and just built around him and Derek White, they would not be in nearly as good of a situation. But if they had just traded DeJounte to trade him, uh, they also would have been like in a terrible situation. So, yeah, that's the blueprint, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I'm right with you, Steph. Like, I'm a Zach guy in the sense that I, I think he gets undervalued around the league compared to what he is. Like, 25-35 is right. I think a lot of people will have him lower than that even, which I feel is unfair. And a lot that has to do with just him being, on like, associated with bad organizations. Uh, but it's not really his fault that he's been surrounded by a lot of, you know, crappy players that just yeah. haven't really helped him play live up to his potential either just like a lot of things on like you look at the bulls just that example i know he has a lot of late game issues he's not a good decision maker in late games no doubt about that but i think it gets amplified because he just has such poor spacing Hmm. on the on the on the court it's like okay he's not the greatest with the ball in his hands late but then on top of that now he has a packed paint so it's like there's no there's really no give for him uh, to help him out. And I think you saw the decision making be better when you had at least at least one elite shooter in Lonzo um that helps his face the floor. So yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens with Zach. I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see if the trade stuff is real or not. Yeah. I I agree. I I think the Bulls really can't like they obviously can't really afford to mess it up. If they do trade Zach, they really do have to get strong value. Because otherwise, you're just gonna like set it back even more. But yeah, I I think the perception of Zach and you know we, we talked about this a bunch, but it, it it would be so interesting to see him play with a player who is clearly better than him and allows him to really just reap the rewards of that. And like you said, Celine, being able to play with more shooters, I think the perception would just just do a complete 180. Because like Zach has made such big strides, even though like. The late game stuff is it is what it is, but he really has made such big strides and he's a three level scorer, man. And he's just damn near automatic in most shooting situations. Like, yeah, I don't know. The Bulls, the Bulls really do have to get something for him. Top 25, 35, like you said, stuff that's not something that you should be able to obtain easily, even if people are going to say, well, you know, he's just going to blame all the pitfalls of Minnesota and Chicago on him. But it it really just shouldn't be the case, but uh, Seb, this was this was a blast getting to talk to you again about about summer league, about what the Bulls have done in off season so far. Love talking with you. Can ever let our listeners know where they can follow you, 
and what you're working on in sporting news right now? So I'm on all the social platforms, uh, mostly, you know, my username is just my name, S-T-E-P-H-N-O-H. Yeah, sporting news, um, you know, it's kind of winding down in the off season. I can't really, am I working on anything? I'm trying to talk to the creator of Hoop Grids. That's, that's going to be kind of fun. I don't know if you guys play, but uh, kind of addicted I, to that I'm, game. Uh, I'm very addicted to that game. I, uh, I like that one better than the other one because I it, it gives you more guesses than so I can just kind of like dig into my uh my my you know part of my brain that remembers like random old 90s NBA players and just see yeah, I remember he played for that team so let's try it <laughs> yeah I love uh useless basketball trivia it takes up such a large portion of my brain so when I actually right. get a chance to use it it's it's always nice um yeah but that's it yeah you can Always uh, hit me up with questions. People have any, and um, DMs are open. Usually, pretty good at getting back to people. All right, all right. Celine, you got any final uh, final thoughts before we head out? Yeah, uh, thanks to stuff. Uh, miss him his regular Bulls tweets when he's uh, obviously doesn't cover the Bulls anymore. Uh, the goat of Bulls Twitter. He, he no longer does the regular Bulls stuff, but we we that. do get some Bulls stuff from him, and which is always really nice. And I've liked some of the stuff he's done a lot in general with around the league. He does those one quick one minute videos on on breakdowns on players. Those are really cool. So those are always worth checking out. Um, and then yeah, we'll see what happens with IO. We'll see what happens with the rest of uh, uh, the Bulls spots. Um, who they'll fill it up with? They have like three roster spots, I think. Uh, to fill up still. So we'll see if they give that to like uh, GFL or not sure what they'll do or if they'll give them the two-way or whatever, but we'll find out. All right. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, seeing what happens with uh, uh, with the rest of the Bulls all season, seeing how they fill out the roster spot, seeing if Freeman uh, Liberty, he'll get, um, get that third two-way spot. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how the Bulls will fill out the rest of their team. But that concludes today's Bulls Gold. As always, you can catch our past shows right here on the Barroom Network, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you again for Stefano for dropping by. For Salim Surwala, I'm Edward Shuler. This has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time, Bulls fans.